TC Hill is not a doctor and does not claim to be a doctor or licensed in any type of medical field. Don't be an idiot and use anything heard on the show as medical advice. This information should be used for educational purposes only and you should contact your doctor for any medical advice. Now get off me. Welcome back to Kick It Naturally. I'm your host. I'm T.C. Hale, and this is episode 371. I'm really, I got a great guest today. This is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I found a guy that talks about digestion as much as I do. So I'm like, oh, we got, I got to hang out with that guy. I, I got to hang out with that guy, and we got to talk some poop. So this is going to be a lot of fun. But this guy's also kind of fancy. Like he's a, a three-time Canadian national all-natural bodybuilding champion. He serves as an advisor to the American Anti-Cancer Institute. And uh, he has a great podcast, too. It's called the Awesome Health Podcast. And I was on there uh, recently, so you can check that out. And he also has his own supplement company. And I wanted to talk about some of his supplements that he has because he has some, some good ones. And you know that I'm not a fan of a lot of the supplements that are kind of garbage out there. But he has some good stuff. And uh, we're going to talk about some of that. So let's jump right into my interview with Wade Lightheart. Wade T. Lightheart, he's hanging out with me. Wade, what's happening? What are, what are you doing here? You know, just another day in paradise, and I, I stumbled into this room, so I thought, hey, man, we had such a great talk the other day on my podcast. Let's, uh, let's, let's see if we can redo it. That's right. Wade is the host of uh, the Awesome Health Podcast. And yeah, I heard you had a brilliant guest on there recently. Uh, everybody's going to have to go check that out um, and listen. But also what's really cool is Wade knows stuff. Like he knows some stuff. So we're going to see what we can drag out of him today. Um, and I'm, when we're done, I'm still going to have like 37,000 questions. But we're going we're gonna to try to get some of them out of here anyways. So uh, tell, tell us a little bit about, I, I kind of want to know what it was that made you become a psycho health guy. Because let's, let's yeah. face it, you're a little bit psycho about health. I mean, 100%, right? totally yeah. off the rails. Yeah, so um, what, what brought that on? Yeah, three things happened to me when I was 15. I was just a Canadian kid growing up, playing hockey, doing things at, in a rural neighborhood. But my parents, uh, when I was 15, moved to an extremely rural place. And at five miles to the nearest neighbor, telephone poles ended on her door up a mountain dirt road. I had to take a snowmobile to get out to the bus and take an hour bus drive. <laughs> so I literally had the uh, experience of uphill both ways in the winter. That right. was actually true for me. So um, it was a beautiful resort that they were the caretakers for, uh, for a wealthy businessman. But um, I did not want to be there when I was 15. So I was removed from my friends, from my normal social, social situation. Gave me a lot of time to reflect, a lot of time to be by myself, which is not common for that age. So that kind of made me a little bit more introspective, even though I'm an extrovert by nature. Second thing happened, almost concordant with this, is my sister, who was four years my senior, was diagnosed with... Hodgkin's disease, which is cancer of the lymph nodes. Wow. And I watched her go through the medical model for four years before she died at the untimely age of 22. Oh, so sorry. So a couple, yeah, a couple things happened out of that was one, I can re, I just remember in the naive kind of 15 year old, 16 year old way, we would be taking her home from the hospital after her quote unquote treatment. And we'd have to stop half a dozen times for her to vomit. And I was like, I don't know, man, this is treatment seems worse than the disease, right? right like right, this can't, right. uh, this is something that didn't seem right to me on that. E even at 15, you're like, something is a little fishy about what's happening here. Doesn't make sense. Um, so what that gave me is number one, a suspicion of what was accepted conventional medicine. Right. Number two, I recognize that 
your health isn't a guarantee and your life isn't a guarantee when at a young age. And so I think that influenced me to seek out, well, what actually causes or creates health or performance. And then the third thing that happened was my sister had at the same time had given me a bodybuilding magazine with Troy Zuclato on the color cover, who was just one Mr. California and two pretty girls. Some muscle and fitness guy. I can see it in my mind to this day. And, you know, going out of my mind with testosterone. And I thought, wow, maybe if I got these crazy muscles that I could get girls like that. And so I these built exact a, girls would show up at my house. That's- exactly. So I built a gym in my barn and started uh, working, uh, working out and discovered Arnold Schwarzenegger, who was the biggest movie star at the time and was a former Mr. Universe, Mr. Olympia. Right. And in his book, Education of a Bodybuilder, he said three things that made a big impact on me. And he said, you can achieve anything you want if you have hard work, self-discipline, and a positive attitude. And I was like, okay, everybody I know works hard. Like we worked in the woods, we worked in fishing, we worked in lands. Like it was hard labor and everybody's like middle age is all messed up and things don't work and they got arthritis and stuff. So I'd heard the hard work story. I was very familiar with that. But the positive attitude and self-discipline were new concepts. And um, Arnold became my de facto mentor. And what Arnold said, Wade did. And that led me to a career to study, go on to university and study exercise physiology. I left uh, university after, you know, did my four years. I like to say, it's kind of like prison. You did my four years and (laughs) Wasn't impressed with the education because it was a hodgepodge of compartmentalized information, but no unified theory. So I worked my way through the industry, uh, working everything from uh, the warehousing of nutritional products, working in retail, uh, becoming a personal trainer, as well as eventually owning and operating my, managing some gyms and open honoring my my own store. And then... um, simultaneously competing in competitions and which eventually led me to the Mr. Universe contest in 2003. And I did it as a all natural drug-free vegetarian, which is a whole other trip. Which is, yeah, that's all of, all those bodybuilders are all, all natural vegetarians, I'm sure. Right, right. And (laughs) somewhere along the way, I discovered the principles of meditation and uh, found myself in an ashram in India, uh, both before and after the Mr. Universe and considered being a monk, but they kicked me out of the ashram for, they said I wasn't, not kicked me out, but suggested that I wasn't really cut out for the monk world. I came back and started my nutritional supplement company with um, Matt Gallant, my business partner. And mm-hmm. what's even more unusual, he's a keto guy and I'm a vegetarian. That's but great. where that. we found uh, concordance is that after the Mr. Universe contest, I had gained 42 pounds of fat and water in 11 weeks. Basically, I went from Mr. Universe to Mr. Marshmallow. And the reason was, is I was following a performance-based diet, not necessarily a health diet. And there's a big distinction. And a lot of people assume that fitness equals health. Fitness just means your capability to perform a certain set of work under certain conditions, which is how we celebrate athletes or actors or famous people. They look a certain way, which may be in my case related to aesthetics, but ultimately many of these people are actually making uh, either conscious or unconscious sacrifices to their health in order to achieve a certain externalized outcome. Yeah. And And that was significant. Yeah. 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 And that, that, that came to me. And um, I'm not condemning anybody for those decisions, but those were something I came stark clear with in my early 30s. And so um, I was fortunate enough to meet a doctor 
who had recovered from cirrhosis of the liver and colon cancer and was instrumental in the recovery of Bernard Jensen when he got cancer in his 80s. And he wrote about him in a book called Come Alive, one of his last books that Bernard Jensen, who brought back iridology and brought back the whole idea of colon health and this sort of thing. Oh, wow. And so this guy became my mentor. I recovered from my health challenges in record time. Within six months, I had regained my Mr. Universe physique and my health was at a level that I had never really achieved in any prior thing. So now I had the aesthetics, I had the performance capabilities and I had the health. We worked on, we started a company that for, we coached 15,000 clients over the next four years around the world from every kind of background you can imagine and got a lot of clinical data about how to optimize the human system um, physically, mentally, and aesthetically and from a health perspective. And from that information, I, I'm, I returned to competition in 07 in a very short period of time, won a couple more national titles, went to the world championships again. Um, instead of placing 13th, I placed fifth, which is really good for me because I have no business being in a bodybuilding contest. My genetics are terrible, but <laughs> that was about as good as I could get. And at that point, I knew that the principles that we had learned and adapted actually worked in a competitive external environment and in a world that everyone said that wasn't possible. And, and what was that, the difference? What was the difference after, you know, you're the one where you crashed and burned, you know? Yes. And, and what was the response of your body after this last competition? I was totally fine. Didn't have it was like a Tuesday. Felt great. Yeah. And, and what was interesting about that prior to the Mr. Universe, the first time around the last six months, I was tired all the time. I had brain fog, my joints hurt. It was just, it was misery. And it was pretty much accepted in the industry. Well, this is the price you pay if you want to be at this level. Right. Um, the next time around, I didn't have any of those things. In fact, uh, I can remember being at the World Championships and with uh, Team Canada at the time and laughing and joking and having a great time while all my competitors were in the doldrums. And I was like, man, <laughs> like, you know, I, I, and they're like, what's going on with you? And I'm like, I got a new, different system. And Matt and I uh, continued to share that message. And even though we both left the uh, performance bodybuilding world, we just kind of moved into applying that to what we call uh, biologically, awesome, uh, biologically optimized health or the awesome health formula, uh, right. which I cultivated, which is how to systematically address your health um, with from a time, energy and resource application so that you can, uh, anybody can achieve uh, super levels of health. And we've been doing that for a long time. And our company rebranded under Bioptimizers about five years ago. And we're now one of the uh, world's uh, premier uh, brands in that industry. Yeah, and I want to talk about some of those things too, because my my listeners know that I don't um, I don't tolerate crap supplements very well, and it's not very often that I talk about somebody else's supplements. But you have some really good stuff that I want to dig into. But first, what was it? You know, when after that first uh, competition where everything crashed and burned, what what were the health issues that you won? What was your prize that you got? I don't remember what you actually were dealing with. Well, the 42 pounds of fat and water in 11 weeks was one of the crises. Uh, right. Second thing, I had edema, um, you know, swelling, sleep apnea, all these kind of inflammatory based conditions, because basically I had destroyed my microbiome. No one was talking about this in 2003. Right. I had disrupted my enzymatic pathways, which are essential in digestion. I had, I would say, denutrified myself following a performance based diet which is based primarily on macros and not on all these important nutrients. It doesn't matter that, if you're uh, actually getting any actual nutrition. As long as you hit your correct. macros, you're, you're going to win. Yeah. yeah. 
And, and a lot of athletes, you see, mask that with the use of anabolics. So in other words, anabolics is like paying off your mortgage with a credit card. You, everything seems to be okay. And this may go on for years, depending on your genetic and epigenetical capacity to handle those drugs, which I think now in, in a lot of professional uh, and Olympic sports, yes, they use a lot of drugs in those and people who think that they don't, a lot of the testing is a joke. Um, they, what happens is you may not see the consequences because these are performance-based at all costs, regardless of uh, the negative health consequences. And later on, when you study oftentimes the, uh, the, the lifespan of many of these athletes, it's not that good. And most of them make that conscious choice. You know, it's, I'm not condemning it. I'm just trying to open up the public's eyes to the choices that high performance people often make. They would rather burn bright. The candle would rather burn bright and half as long as opposed to long and, and rather dim. And you see this in entertainment. You see, you know, in performance sports, uh, in, even in a lot of business people today are, I would say, compromising their health and their relationships to achieve an, an economic outcome. And so certainly not any disparage to anybody, but there's a cost to every action that you make and thinking that there isn't is, um, well, that's, it's kind of childless and (laughs) childish and naive to think that. And so my goal from now on is to provide performance-based opportunities for people that enhance health as opposed to compromise it. Because I said, well, why can't we play that game? And that's the game that we've been playing uh, now for well over a decade. And uh, it's a great game. And we've now been able to make strides from a performance and health zone where we can get many of the performance benefits that people were sacrificing their health for while concordantly improving their health. And that's an exciting prop- proposition. Right. That's a different, that's a different pathway than, uh, than yes. a lot of people, than we even understand. And there's still a lot of people even today that just don't understand that, oh, if I work you know, to improve my health and my body's function, that I might get the prize that I want, which is to look good naked or you know, whatever they're trying to perform right. better at. And you know, when we're talking about uh, helping people achieve that through supplementation and stuff, I- I'd love to back up a little bit and talk about why that became so important to you. Because I know that you're one of the guys who truly understands that uh, the nutrition levels in our food is a little bit broken. And I- I'd, love to- I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about you know, how that happened and, the- and where- how we got to where we are now, where... The nutrition and what we're eating is not even a fraction of what it was 60, 70 years ago. Yeah. And this is a, this is a very hard one for people to grasp because uh, it's kind of like the old Matrix video when the guy's talking about tasty wheat. Well, why does everything taste like, you know, chicken or whatever? What, what if it tasted like tuna fish or something like that? Because we don't actually know what food actually tastes like. So the second thing I want to say is you cannot supplement your way out of a bad lifestyle. However, even the best li- lifestyle will require supplementation. And here's why. In 1945, the world changed radically when the United States dropped the first nuclear bomb on Japan twice and ended the, the war, however, ushered in a new era. And that era involved uh, massive amounts of digital 
audio and video communication. So people started to communicate with other countries and places much more. Shipping lanes opened up and paved the way for multi-billionaires like uh, Aristotle Onassis to take on shipping and the movement of goods because demand went up as um, the war had introduced cultures to each other and different foods and different things and things like that. And the third thing that happened is that we um, the nitrogen bombs, which were being developed en masse to support the war efforts, were now becoming relatively obsolete compared to their new superpowered nuclear um, era. So the technological advances made a ma massive shift. Concordant to that is manufacturing moved up. People moved out of rural areas and into cities. And, you know, as demand for purchasing went up, the United States became the de facto world production company of the world. And what happened is we saw a massive population explosion concordant with this newfound wealth and prosperity. The governments of the world quickly identified that, uh-oh, wait a second, we had at the turn of the century, 90% or 95 or 98% of the, I forget what the exact number is, it's a high, high number. People actually got their food from farms. They had chickens and cows and grew a garden and crop rotated and all these things. Right. And that's been the tradition of a farming culture for the last over 10,000 years. Well, now that has been completely changed. And they said, we can't supply the food chain. So we need to come up with better ways. And the government's created, um, you know, boards, uh, agricultural boards, and, and started to introduce massive farming, um, monoculture farming, because now you could get machines that could help you farm faster, tractors and balers and cedars and uh, irrigation systems. And so the technological advances allowed us to grow food in a different way. What we didn't understand is before I used to crop rotate, you'd grow one crop this year, tomatoes this year, cucumbers this year, wheat this year, you know, and, and, and then you would rotate. And then one year you would grow hemp, plow that into the soil, recondition the soil and have a year of fallow. And then you would do this. And with the new, with the new monoculture farming, that was eliminated and we just started producing these board regulated and subsidied uh, components over time. And what happened is production went up, but it still wasn't enough. So then we said, oh, how are we going to increase production? Well, what if we use this leftover nitrogen from the bombs? Yeah, I got all this nitrogen back in the shed over here. What can we use that for? Right. Well, it turns out if you add nitrogen to the soil, you'll increase the growth rate of the food. The challenge is in increasing the growth rate, the plants don't have sufficient time to, uh, uh, to extract the minerals and vitamins out of the soil the way they would using uh, enzymes and fulvic acids. So what happens is the plant starts to give up its protein content to convert to enzymes to sustain the growth without the minerals and vitamins. So you have lots of food that has far significant lower nutritional value. To give you an example, if you had a peach in 1955, uh, compared to today, you would need over 50 peaches today to get the same nutrient quality of a peach in 1955. Right. That's just, that's unbelievable if you think about it. Right. And a lot of people don't understand that, you know, the nutrients that we get from these foods comes from the soil. And so if, if it's not in the soil or it's not accessible to the plant from the soil, there's problems that show up. Exactly. And so the problems did start to show up. And what happened is many of these proteins and enzymes and uh, are developed in the plant to protect it from predators. And what happens is now they were losing crops to a uh, blight or to fungus or to um, insects. And so they're like, okay, well, what if we find a way to kill those 
pests. So they, they went to the chemical companies and said, well, sure, we can develop these chemicals and spray the food with that and that'll kill the bugs. And all of those interrupt the natural enzymatic activity of those bugs. Now, enzymes are the metabolic checks of every living organism. The difference between stones, plants, and people is the amount of enzymatic checks that they can write. A stone can't write any, <laughs> a plant can write a few, and a human can write more. And right. because of that, we're dependent on it. Now, unfortunately, I'm a classically trained nutritionist. And they have about two paragraphs in every nutrition book about enzymes, and then they leave it out of the equation. Also, there's another issue because we got into this because of sterilization and distribution and transportation and processing of the food, we had to pasteurize food and we had to sterilize the food and we had to uh, put it into packages that would be sustained over long distance times for shipping. And they added preservatives uh, dyes and flavoring agents in order to maintain the quote unquote freshness taste or the feel or the attractiveness of that product. And what happened is now we've, we've grown food that is nutrient deficiency. We've added chemicals that disrupt enzymatic activity and bugs. So the question is, well, how much of that before you disrupt your own digestion? Right. Um, and now we've added a host of other chemicals that have unknown consequences uh, when taken into the body. And guess what? Here's what happened. Uh, there was a guy by the name of Dr. Edward Howe, uh, interesting doctor. He wrote a book called Enzyme Nutrition and Food Enzymes for Health and Longevity. And he saw what was going on. Uh, he was a guy very famous in the 30s and 40s and started doing experiments on uh, nutrient deficient foods, particularly deficient in enzymes. And he tried this on all these different types of species dogs, cats, rats, you name it. And the reason he was doing these experiments, he would feed some externalized enzymes and probiotics. Some of them he would feed just regular food and some of them he would feed uh, extremely deficient food. Well, it turns out that by the third generation of virtually every species he tested, they, by the third generation, they developed strange sociological behaviors. In other words, they didn't act like they normally did as a species. Oh, interesting. Two, <laughs> there was a radical increase in genetic-based diseases within that species. And the third thing is they lost the ability to reproduce. Right. And he predicted in the uh, 40s and 50s that the same thing was going to happen to the human population. And guess what? Look today. We see, I mean, go on social media, you'll see strange sociological behavior or just turn on a political a channel. Second, um, we see a massive increase in genetic-based diseases that are outstrip uh, any normal type of mutation in a species, right? That, 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 that naturally occurs. And number three, you see so many people having challenges uh, having children. A lot. It's big. Clinics going, it's huge. So guess what? Turns out he was right. Yeah. And so what I recognize in my own case, I was following that same pathway. And what I had done is I had disrupted my digestive system. Now, keep in mind, you'll get this. A lot of people don't know this, but 12% of the emergency hospital visits today are gastrointestinal related issues. In other words, someone is going to the hospital with a major condition, a life-threatening emergency type condition, because something's wrong with their digestion. We have an exponential growth in obesity. And if you take biopsies of people who have fat tissue, what are you going to find in there? 
you're going to find herbicides, pesticides, fungicides, chemical agents inside those biopsies because we've got a model that fats only gain by calories. But what we don't recognize is that sometimes we're also, these are storage containers yeah. to protect our bodies because our liver can't metabolize the sheer level of chemicals that we are taking in in our food or water in our air. And so all of that adds up to the perfect storm, which is making people have challenges with their energy, their moods, their social behavior, their ability to procreate, the reason they don't feel great, the reason their joints hurt, the reason they have uh, these various metabolic and psychological conditions, which are rampant in the modern world, goes back to what's transpired over the last 80 years. And so what we are doing is trying to, number one, educate people, number two, provide reasonable sources to be able to reverse that trend uh, while living in a, a rapidly advancing technological world. And that's, I think, people who have recognized that, you know, just taking no slight at conventional medicine, but its job is to keep people alive. They're, they're not in the business of advising people health. They're not in the business of performance enhancing or aesthetics or health. They're like, you got a problem. We need to cut. We need to burn. We need to treat the symptom so that you can have a somewhat compromised level, but you still can function in society and you maintain your, what we call your lifespan. What we're looking at is advocating a biospan, which is, can you be healthier during the course of your life and maybe even extend the length of your life over time? Right. And if you don't know Wade, my favorite part about Wade is that he can't go eight minutes without shutting up about digestion, just like me. So we, we get along really great like that. Um, can you talk for a second? I, I kind of want to talk about enzymes a little bit and, you know, the benefits that someone can get from supplementing with them since a lot of the food is a little bit broken in that regard. And then uh, I want to get into some probiotic stuff too. But when you're formulating your enzymes, what were the reasons that you chose what was important to go in? Yeah, great question. So I'll back the truck up just so people understand what an enzyme is. An enzyme is a, is a metabolic catalyst. Every single reaction in your body from thinking to blinking requires an enzymatic cascade. And so you can imagine the total amount of enzymes that you are born with is a finite amount. And you're able to make these metabolic connections or transactions inside your body and they diminish over time. That's why kids have so much energy and adults have a lot less. Now that can be accelerated by toxins in the system. So you think of someone who maybe um, got addicted to meth, for example, and, and you know, ages and degenerates rather quickly compared to someone who lives in a pristine condition and, you know, eats all the best food and is outside of kind of toxic cities and that sort of stuff. So you can see there are lifestyle related things that drain or enhance your enzymatic input. Now, enzymes, these chemical agents um, are destroyed at 114 degrees. And what's interesting is every species on the planet eats its food in a raw, live, natural state. So whether you're a horse or a cow eating, you know, sprout-enriched, enzymatically rich grass, whether you are a bear that eats its blueberries or salmon raw, or whether you are a tiger that takes down zebras, uh, you know, that tiger is going to go in and eat the, take down the zebra and eat the entrails where the enzymes and probiotics are first before it eats the carcass. Now, we've been taught a protein, carbs, fats kind of thing and a few little minerals spiced in there 
And, uh, you know, and, and your doctor will say, oh, poo, poo, you don't need this or you don't need that. You know, yeah, yeah, I t- you know, you're going to have expensive pee or whatever. And oftentimes you have a poor supplement. That's it. But nobody's talking about enzymes. And now the conversation is starting on probiotics, which is great because as people run into so many challenges. So it is normal for species on this planet to eat enzymatically rich diets. However, humans in their infinite wisdom have figured out how to cook food, which allows us to consume more calories. And there's evidence that that's what increased our brain size and all that sort of stuff and helped us dominate in virtually every different climate by our ability to store, preserve and cook food. However, we underestimated what the health consequences like just like the athletes going on and sacrificing their health in order to perform it so in order for us to live in a northern cold climate where we need to store food and cook it after it's been frozen well guess what yes we can live in that environment but maybe there's some health consequences to that 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 we didn't realize and of course that passes on generationally and generationally and generationally now we are to here where we're at the crux of what I feel is a mutation of the human species into a variety of different strains. And enzymes are the way to not only preserve your enzymatic reserves as you take those into aid in your digestion, but also have been demonstrated to accelerate healing, to accelerate the function of a variety of different tissues uh, inside your body and can be enhanced for performance. And so when we cultivated our product, masszymes, which is enzymes for the masses, we recognize that the number one inflammatory agent inside the body is undigested protein. So, and most enzymes on the market don't address this because making proteolytic enzymes are very expensive. And it turns out there's different types that work in different pH balances in your digestive tract. And, and then there's ways to stabilize them. And so it becomes a, a whole process. And we added another 12 enzymes for, to handle carbohydrates and fats and fiber and all kinds of things that you might possibly consume on whatever diet that you could get into. And uh, by doing that, we did that to reverse number one, my own conditions. And then we started using as an adjunct for enhancing performance. And then we started sharing this with all kinds of people around the world from my holistic health clinic back in Vancouver to various people. And they started to notice some of the uh, symptoms of conditions that they were not able to correct started to go away when they started supplementing with enzymes because their digestion started working better. So that's how the story kind of came about. Right. And there's, uh, you know, we, we talk a lot about uh, different health issues on every episode of this one. And just about everyone can lead back to a digestive problem in some way or another. But I want to hit on something that you just kind of breezed by really quick. And that was the problems that can come from uh, an inability to break down protein. And can you talk a little bit about some of those issues and especially about uh, how that can restrict uh, neurotransmitter production and, and what that can do? Absolutely. So there's basically, I'm going to summarize this in layman's terms, there's five stages to digestion. There's the first taste, touch, feel, sense the food and, and mastication, which is a fancy name for chewing. The food then travels down the esophagus into the upper cardiac portion of the stomach. This is where the enzymes present in the food, if they are, would naturally start breaking down those uh, proteins and things like that. Unfortunately, most people don't have that. So now our body's forced to manufacture and deal with that later on in the system. At 30 to 60 minutes, hydrochloric acid comes into the stomach to further change the pH, um, which some enzymes will be activated, some will be deactivated. Before the, and the food is also disinfectant with hydrochloric acid from parasites and viruses and bacteria. And then as the food insects, if you ate them. Mm-hmm. And, and then as the food travels out into the intestinal tract, 
your body will add uh, minerals to buffer those uh, acids. And as it goes into the intestines, you have your microbiome and there's 10% good, 10% bad and 80% opportunists. So based on your diet, this is changing all the time, your environment, stress, uh, chemicalization. And what you want is as many good guys as possible because they are responsible converting that pre-digested food into either energy units or building blocks. Now, if any one of those stages, if you, you don't have enough enzymes present, if you're not producing enough hydrochloric acid, or you don't have the appropriate bacteria for your diet that you're choosing, and I'm dietary agnostic, I don't care what people's diet are, but do you have the bacteria that is going to break down that food in the final stage? What happens if you don't on any one of those theories? You have these undigested food particles sitting in your stomach. And this is where the bad guys are going to say, aha, hey, look it's at that. dinner time. <laughs> now, what's interesting about these guys is they are connected to our nervous system function. They will actually produce uh, chemical agents, which can create anxiety, can create depression, can create toxicity. Uh, they'll eat up holes in your, what's called your biofilm, which is like a mucus lay layer that all these different types of bacteria and you get leaky gut and you literally have feces leaking into your bloodstream. So if you're waking up in the morning and you have bad breath and your eyes are crusty or you're really tired and sluggish, chances are you got crap in the system that is floating through and clogging your brain up. And so by introducing, uh, number one, you can seal off the gut uh, with various products and then introducing the right probiotics relative to your dietary choices, you can correct and optimize your microbiome. And guess what? All these symptoms start to go away. And so people go, oh, well, now I'm not getting sick anymore. Or now I don't have that inflammatory bloating in my stomach. Or now my brain seems to work right. And so we've been addressing both areas of the equation. We've, we address all three areas. We address the enzymatic activity based on what person's diet is. Uh, we address the hydrochloric acid issue. And then we address, address the probiotic issue. Now, there are key to go to your question specifically. I wanted to give the whole picture. It's, yeah, there is a picture that needs to be understood. Yeah. Now, a great number of your neurotransmitters, depending on the neurotransmitter, anywhere from 25 to 95% of various brain neurotransmitters are manufactured in your gut. And if you are not properly converting the protein into the amino acids, which can convert into the polypeptide trains that make the neurotransmitters, suddenly your brain doesn't work like it used to. Brain fog, uh, not memory issues, um, mood disorders, and less prolonged, oftentimes you end up ending up at your doctor's office and they provide you an antidepressant or they say you need to get this here or you take this to pep yourself up or you have to rely on stimulants to keep your uh, nervous system going to, to kind of boost you up when you're not feeling your best. And that's the modern era that we live in. And so we address um, the manufacturer of various neurotransmitters. And then we also now have gone to the point where we actually provide a variety of different neurotransmitter formulations to optimize brain function for the various states. Because it turns out your mood and your cognitive awareness are correlated not just to the neurophysiology, the connections of the neurons, but also the neurotransmitter soup that is in your brain. And right. so now we've been able to customize that over the last 20 years to, to dial in different brain states 
um, for the individual. And it's a lot of fun. And so we just continue the journey every day. Huh. Talk about that a little bit. So what, do you, what are you seeing? Like, what are you guys, are you guys using independent things or do you find that it's better when you put them together and supply the person with everything they need? Great question. So what we have found, first, do we want to get a person's digestive system optimized? Number one. Um, Thank you. That's going to, the, the cascade of effects to just getting your digestive squared away. And for most people, if you're doing a concentrated uh, blend of say enzymes, hydrochloric acid, and, and a good probiotic blend, you are going to solve your digestive. I give yourself 90 days, give yourself 90 days of committed effort and um, reducing the inflammatory agents in your diet. Take 90 days, set it aside, say, I'm going to go for this and clean my system out. That'll give you enough time to recondition your microbiome. And then you get that going. At that point, a lot of people's neurotransmitters will balance out. However, most of us, uh, if you can imagine, each neurotransmitter is like a bucket. And there's about eight different neurotransmitter dominant uh, factors inside your brain, which the only correlation in Western medicine to Eastern medicine was figured out by a guy by the name of uh, Charles Poliquin, who trained high performance Olympic athletes. And he determined that Chinese medicine, the whole elements was actually related to neurotransmitter dominance. And that was the connection. And so what happens though today, because most of us have a problem of converting the proteins into the amino acids, then to the neurotransmitters, we have deficiencies in various ones. And what will happen is you're maybe you're really sharp and smart, but you have trouble with verbal fluency, or maybe you're very verbal fluent, but you can't stay focused, or, or maybe you find that uh, you have very big highs and very big lows, depending on your diet or what's going on in your life. And what we've found is that most people have, if you imagine each neurotransmitter is a bucket uh, and you have a burn rate, depending on what your, uh, your lifestyle is, that would be a hole in the bucket. Mm -hmm. Most of these will have buckets that are partially full, empty, halfway full, very few have a full bucket. And so what we said, well, what would happen if we started to address these neurotransmitter buckets, so to speak, uh, with extracts that would be converted relatively easy into those neurotransmitters. And a lot of people are relying on um, cognitive drugs, you know, the, the Adderalls and the modafinils, which right. uh, bathe in a chemical base. The problem with that is, is you have residuals, they're not balanced very well, and they often lead to problems down the road of dependency. And then also that you just can't get another kick out of the can. So you're, again, you're back to paying off the mortgage with the credit card and it works well for a while, but eventually you, you the credit card goes dry and then the mortgage can't be paid and then you're out of your house uh, and, or you're out of your mind in this <laughs> right, case. Right, yeah. So what we said is we found a way, um, we had a great chemist that helped us develop very important chemical extractions that led to the, pre, uh, the, the precursors developed for neurotransmitters. And when we added those into each one of the buckets, they started to fill up and people started to notice uh, improved cognitive function capabilities that they didn't have before. And this became very remarkable because you can imagine your neurotransmitters are like those old 80 synthesizers where you turn the treble up and you turn the bass down and uh -huh. the mids and all that stuff. Well, it's the same thing in your body. And so um, we developed eight different formulas, which are a cascade of different ones. And then we built stacks based on the individual. So the individual fills out a form and we can get our chemists can get a basic determination of that person's neurochemistry and they'll customize the formulas for that particular person. 
that person goes through a month of trying those out, says, you know, this one, you know, I really, really liked this one didn't like how that made me feel. And from that feedback, our chemist will retweak that formulation based on the feedback so that we can now optimize virtually anyone's neurochemistry using uh, customized uh, nootropic formulations that enhance. And this is a breakthrough. We, and we just had it this year. Like we just launched it this year. And it's so exciting because as we get older, a lot of us notice, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm not as sharp as I used to be. I'm not as fluent as I used to be. I can't remember what I used to be. And all of a sudden, not only can we reverse that trend, that we can actually change the course and increase cognitive capability, cognitive functioning, and reduce a lot of the, the, the lows that people are experiencing. Um, and I don't know where this train is going, uh, but I'm, I've never been more excited about it in my and, life. And what's the name of that series of products? What is the name of that that you guys are doing? Yeah, so um, the, it's a division out of Bioptimizers, and you can go to Nootropics. We are releasing it under a new brand because it's so big. We haven't released that to the public. Uh, uh -huh. That'll be available maybe by the time this goes. But if you go to Bioptimizers.com and check out our Nootropics, then you'll find out uh, all about it. Okay, we'll put, we'll be sure to put the, the the link on the on the show notes page too, so you guys um, can check that out a little bit. If you want to learn how to look at your own chemistry to get a better idea of how your unique body is operating, sign up for our KIY or Kick It Yourself membership. Not only do you gain access to our four week digestion course and our twelve week flagship Kick Your Fat course that normally sells for one twenty nine, you also get free shipping at NaturalReference.com. Restrictions apply, but since the membership is only $9 a month, if you're already using the supplements we teach people how to use in our books and courses, this membership will pay for itself. You'll also have access to a reference system like you've never seen before. You can not only browse our viewpoint about hundreds of health topics in relation to bio-individuality, the system also allows you to search video and audio content. You even get access to a members-only private support group where you can get feedback from coaches I've trained and I even show up to do live Q&A videos on a monthly basis. All this for $9 a month. It's ridiculous and we don't care. But we just wanted to create a membership that just about anyone could afford. To see more features and sign up, go to kickitnaturally.com forward slash K-I-Y. That's K-I-Y. We'll see you on the inside. Of course we're going to see him on the inside. What kind of idiot wouldn't sign up for all that for nine bucks? Well, I'm, I'm still recording. Ah, I should probably pay attention a little more. You know, your probiotics, the, the P3OM, what, what made you select those particular strains and why was that important? Yeah, great question. Boy, these are great questions. By oh, the man, so, I win. I win again. Thank you. Um, so when we were evaluating particularly... Um, undigested proteins and the problems it was calling for, pe for people. We, we looked and scoured around and found there is one particular protein strain called L plantarum that is very aggressive strain and is, um, has some unique capabilities. So one of the theories that uh, we worked with the doctor that kind of helped my health was, wait a second, we've all heard of these bad bacteria in the hospitals, like these antibiotic resistant strains. Mm -hmm. And they develop antibiotic resistance because they've been exposed to uh, these antibiotics for 60 years and then they've mutated and they hung around the hospitals and now they become resistant to it. They just eat 
antibiotics. So there is an Im immense adaptive phase within these bacterial organisms. So we went, okay, well, wait a minute. Well, if you can get bad bacteria to mutate to, to elicit certain results, can you get good bacteria to mutate and ge generate? So what we thought of is, hey, let's put these into like a Spartan warrior training or a Navy SEALs training and see what comes out of it. And so we took the L terms, or the scientific team did, I should say. And th what they did is they threw them in a toxic soup. And in order to keep them alive, uh, or some of them, they ran a sine wave through it so that some of them could just get enough signal that they could stay alive. And as the strains mutated, a very small percentage of those survived with these unique capabilities. Now, I cannot legally list the capabilities of these right. probiotics because yeah, I'll know. get to it. But we do put the patent because we were able to obtain a patent for this particular strain called El Plantarum OM, which is our P3M probiotic brand. And that strain demonstrates these remarkable capabilities, one of them being the ability to digest protein, which is huge when it comes to the intestine tract. The other thing is it demonstrated it could survive. I won't list the other things. Definitely check it out on our website. It'll blow you away. Well, turned out that uh, this works really, really well. And it was part of the reason that I was able to recover and help so many other people recover from a variety of uh, inflammatory-based conditions. And we went on to develop a PhD research team in microbiome where we test all of our probiotic ones. We have a couple more. And we do all kinds of crazy things. We add chemicals and dyes and we add uh, vitamins and minerals and we add EMF waves. We try all these different things to do these tests to find out, well, what happens when you do this? And we are learning each and every week I get a report from our team and it's mind blowing how adaptive some of these species are and what makes them grow and what makes them not. And so El Plantarum became one of our flagship products because of its unique abilities to help people uh, certainly have a better life, uh, have enhanced immune function. I haven't been sick um, in what now, 16 years. So that's pretty good in the, in the middle of a, you know, a kind of a sick time of the world, uh, you know, Correct. Um, kind of a thing. And, and you know, uh, the other thing that I wanted to ask you about is, so I, I have a toddler turning five next week and I, I eat, you know, real food. That's kind of what I do. I don't eat yes. a whole bunch of junk and, uh, I don't do a whole lot of, uh, you know, processed stuff and grains and things, but, um, and I, and I don't do a lot of things that happen to have gluten and not that I'm, uh, gluten intolerant or I, a gluten-free diet or something. I just don't, most of the foods I eat don't have it. But I'm going to, I'm sure I'm going to have some junk that day. Grandma and grandpa are going to be around and there's going to be some junk available. And so I'm, I'm going to test out your gluten guardian that you have. Can yes. you talk about that? And, and maybe yes. some of the issues that people don't understand about gluten and, and how they can, you know, bypass that at least uh, occasionally. Great question. So I have a theory and keep in mind, gluten was used as a health product for vegetarians as a source of protein <laughs> in the 1900s. And you think, well, that's crazy. Well, people used to drink a lot of raw milk as well. And there's, we all know about people who can't digest milk is casein. And now we've got to a state where people can't digest um, gluten. Well, I have a belief that the reason why some people do better on some diets 
over another is because of enzymatic deficiencies in various enzymes. And gluten being an extremely common one now because grains have been such a big part of our diet for so long, which have chemical agents and these agents we talked about earlier, which may be disrupting the essential enzymatic pathways to digest that food. Whether that's an adaptation or whether to stop eating that or whether that's simply a disruption in a digestive system, I don't know. But what I did find out is gluten kind of, if you imagine uh, a baseball that has had the cover ripped off it, right? All the nutrients are inside it, but there's this cover on the outside that your body can't break down. And in order to break that down, you need a very special enzyme. And that enzyme is called dipeptidyl peptidase 4, DPP4. Now, some people produce this, but less and less people in the population produce this particular enzyme. So what we said is, well, if we take this enzyme and put it in a product, will it actually break down gluten? And guess what? It does. <laughs> and so now uh, we say you can eat your gluten and get away with it. In other words, any food that you can't digest becomes a potential toxin. And any food that you can digest can be a source of nutrients. And so what we said is we know that if you go to a restaurant, there's cross-contamination. If you go, if I go to my mom's house, she's going to break out the bread and pies and all that stuff. And good luck trying to resist that. How do I digest that without having a, an issue? Well, you can add Gluten Guardian, uh, which has the uh, highest legal amount of non-prescribed uh, enzyme, and dipeptidyl, peptidylase 4, that breaks down gluten. And so, so many people's lives have changed socially because they're not afraid of eating something that's off when they go to the social occasion. They're, they're okay if they go off their diet that one time and they have a source, they take, you know, three, four, five caps, depending on how big the, the discrepancies <laughs> the is, might yeah. be. And uh, we just recently found out it also seems to be effective in breaking down casein as well. Uh, we didn't huh. know that when we started it, but we just did some research on it. So um, this product has been a game changer for so many people who have struggled socially because of gluten sensitivity. Uh, and so it's been, a, it's been a great product for us on that. Yeah, a lot of people go to a party or something, they just they don't want to eat anything because they don't know what's in stuff and they, right. they don't want to have the reactions that they usually have. And that's great. That's awesome. I can't wait to test it out. Um, you know, I'm going to let you go here pretty soon, but I want to ask you this question because you're doing it. You know, it's, there's a, you know, I don't know if you know this, but there's other supplement companies out there. Did you know that? Yeah. I yeah and they're not few, all right? doing the right thing. So, you know, you're, you're doing a lot of good stuff. And what I want to know is if like if you were in charge of the supplement industry, what, what would be your main goal in, in trying to fix it? What would be one of the most important aspects to try to improve if you were going to do that? You know, I've never been asked that question, but that's a, that's a really great one. Um, well, I think there's a couple of things that need to happen. And number one is the regulation of efficacy of a given product. Two, I would get the Food and Drug Administration out of the industry and I would develop another regulatory body that was based on the nutritional industry by people in the industry because unfortunately we're in a very competitive nature. If you go to a lot of countries which are under codex, um, if you have a product that's very effective, it's classified as a drug and requires its own, like our products in Canada have NPN numbers which are the same as drug identification numbers. And so the problem with a nutritional supplement is that oftentimes you can't spend the millions of dollars that you can in a pharmaceutical to order to demonstrate its efficacy for a variety of conditions. And in fact, legally, 
you're not allowed to make those statements, i.e. going back to my probiotic. I right. can't legally make those statements, even though I've got thousands of stories of people that <laughs> overcame the symptoms of a variety of conditions. So what happens is we have a medical, first, I would eliminate the, the, the medical industry and their correlation of special interest groups who do not want people to have health products. Second, I would make standardizations um, for the efficacy of products that are doing third-party testing, which is some companies do and not. And the, and the final thing is, is I would introduce the nutritional requirements, not the food pyramid and all these government stuff, <laughs> but I'm talking about individualized testing at schools early on as a preventative measure so that children could identify what nutrient deficiencies they had, what was their digestive state, and what supplementation could enhance their overall function early on in life. Therefore, they don't need to go to a hospital. They don't need a drug later, and they can address these things um, down the road. The other thing is um, the contaminant or regulatory components and maybe blockchain is going to be able to fix this down the road is about tracking the source of information, uh, the source of products, because what happens is you might get sourcing numbers and stuff like that. And unscrupulous companies will give false readings and false testings, or they'll get good products and then they'll cut it with like uh, inexpensive stuff right. from China, et cetera. And all of a sudden you don't have what you think it is. And as a manufacturer, you might think that you have a good product, but you actually have been had. And then that's passed on to the customer. So you can't make a product based on margins. You need a self-governing regulatory body out of industry standards, and you need individualized testing implemented into our education system so that people understand why you take a supplement, what's a quality supplement, and, um, and, and then also regulating that they got what they, they bargained for. Yeah. I think that would change everything. Uh, that would be that would be good. That's good. I'm, good. I'm, I'm glad I asked you that question because I was really interested to hear what you would have to say about that. But Wade, this is awesome. I really appreciate you hanging out with us, and uh, I also I appreciate you giving my listeners a, a coupon code so they can try out some of your stuff. And I'll share that with them as I uh, as I wrap up here in a second. But I, I really appreciate that. But where else can people find you? What, let's talk about your podcast. What can they? How can they find that? Yeah, so um, people can follow us at uh, bioptimizers.com, kick it 10, uh, we'll get you uh, a discount. Uh, also, right. I have an awesome health course. So if people go there, I just give away this course to kind of give my overarching philosophy first. Again, you can't supplement your eye out of bad diet. So part of my journey is to educate people. If, here's where you spend your time, energy, and resource. We don't even get to supplements to the level five, and it's an 84-day course, 12 weeks. But then you can find me on Instagram and Facebook and all those social media channels. And with our site, we have a newsletter. Uh, we just came out with a new book called the uh, Bioptimization Blueprint, which is oh. basically a systematized format for how do you achieve awesome health in the world. We got all the tips, the tricks, the things that we use, the mistakes that we made so that you don't have to make them. And so that you can go about this and say, hey, I'm not just going to randomly shotgun. I'm not just going to listen to A, B, C, D, E. I'm actually going to go at that in a systematized way that we've learned over the last 25 years and cut the learning curve so that you can get the best results as fast as possible. Awesome. Wade, thank you so much for being here. It was awesome. I, I really like dragging as much as I can out of you. I know I could have done it for another three hours, but uh, I appreciate you showing up. We'll have to have you back to drag, drag some more out. Thank you so much for having me and uh, best wishes for you and your health and your whole, uh, and your whole family that's on your podcast. All right. Thanks so much. 
So there's a lot of good stuff there. Now, if you want to check out any of the links that we talked about, just go to kickitnaturally.com forward slash episode 371. And that discount code that I was talking about that uh, Wade gave for my listeners is just go to biooptimizers.com forward slash kickit and then just use the coupon code Kick it 10 and you'll get 10% off. So I hope that was a lot of good information for you. And if you guys have anything you want me to talk about next, just go to kickitnaturally.com and uh, use the contact us button and, and let me know what topics we need to cover. All right, guys, we'll talk to you soon. Come on.